my backpack over here had just fallen off of the file box that I had over here. But I and I knew it fall off. How to fall off. Uh, it was in, in a precarious position. How to fall off. Nick. I don't know, Sean, but otherwise no haunting so far. Sean, they're so dead. They don't even have names on some of their headstones. Some of them just say father and mother. Okay. That's how dead they, those people in that graveyard are. So uh, Nick, if I were you, I'd speak softly or softer because father and mother might be paying you a visit tonight. Oh, now I have the, it is a harvest moon after all. I don't like this. Let's get off this topic. <laughs> yes. I finally broke him. I finally made him realize that his house is, there's no ghosts. There's no ghosts. Speaking of getting the party started. Put <laughs> a victory lap though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer, come work for. Train in the trees, please walk my sycamore. Just like that, Sean, I got the tweet in right at the buzzer because it's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It's episode 16 of the Gridiron Podcast, where we talk about football and Formula One. I'm Nick Shook. That is Sean Barry. Katie Caldwell is not with us tonight. She will be back soon enough, but it's just me and Sean. A little throwback, another little Sean and Shook flavored gridiron podcast. Put the logo on there, Nick, in the corner. Put the I, Sean and Shook I, logo in there. Oh, you know what? Maybe I will. Just just to humor you. Just to humor you if I can find it quick enough. Boom. There it is in the corner. Look yes, at that. It is, it. it is the Sean and Shook pod. Just kidding. It's still the gridiron pod. Sean, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. A little late night pod. It is a Thursday on the Easter Coast uh, when we are recording this. We just finished up watching uh, Thursday night football, which I got to say, if I'm being honest, I'm not going to use this for my hate later on. I'm not a fan of Thursday night football, and I never have been. Um, it feels like they're trying. It's like it's like that scene in Mean Girls where Gretchen keeps saying, Betch, that's Betch. Stop making Betch happen. Stop trying to make Thursday night football happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to have to think about football on Thursday nights. Yet here we are after the Lions dismantled the Packers 34 to 20. I'm going to um, definitely avoid you painting me into a corner here as a company man that I am. Um, and I'll point to this. Sean, do you remember back in the day? I mean, Thursday night football has been around for over a decade now. But do you remember back in the day when college football dominated Thursday fo- night football? And there was always yeah. a- good college game on that's the same idea like people will gather around and watch it if it's worth it i know i'll say this i was driving home from the gym tonight it was early first quarter of thursday night football and i was at a stoplight and there's an apartment building on the corner with some big wide windows so you can see in the living room people most of their tvs are facing out and like three of the four units that i could just see just glancing up we're all watching the game so uh, you know i'm not necessarily going to disagree with you because i get done with qb index on tuesday night and I have one day of no football or not reviewing football tape. And then we have another game to watch. And then I have a game to replay again on Friday. So like it, the grind never stops. The process continues. I understand what you're saying, but people watch it. I just feel like I have no time to like breathe and recuperate from what I had watched on Sunday and Monday. It's just it's another day of the week where I have a set of fantasy lineup where I have to watch a game. You know, you know what know. else you're dealing with? You're dealing with um, fatigue from the Monday night doubleheaders. Yeah, that's probably it too. Yeah, but, but I digress. I, I mean, that. I know I'm probably one of the, the the few with this, you know, thought. But at the same time, it's just I could do without. If Thursday night football were to just go away, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't <laughs> mind. I wouldn't mind you'd, at you'd all. Catch the occasional college game, you wouldn't be as dialed in. I get. It. I understand. But as the company man, I am. 
Thank you, Amazon Prime, for delivering Thursday Night Football to millions of viewers worldwide. All right, this is episode 16 of the Gridiron Podcast. We're going to recap TNF, um, not the most thrilling game. And we'll look back at week three because we still have to, you know, wrap up week three. Thursday night kind of kicks off week four, but it is a little premature when you're still trying to look back at week three. So, Sean, I'll leave this up to you. Especially if you're listening to us on a Saturday afternoon in Edmonton. Hello, Canada. Hello, Canada. Thank you for listening. Um, Do you want to start with TNF since the most it's the freshest? Well, as as we learned in journalism school at Kent State University, what is old news good for, Nick? Wrapping dead fish. Yeah, let's start with Thursday night football. <laughs> the Lions. They they pretty much proved, as I'm I'm trying to write a banner at the same time, that they are, in fact, still better than the Packers. Uh, you know, last year's season finale lost some of the importance because the Lions were gonna play to get into the playoffs until the Seahawks won earlier that day, eliminating them from playoff contention. And instead of laying down or just going through the motions, they went in there and kind of dominated the Packers, really took it to them in Lambeau. So it was a good way to end the year. That That was their first Sunday night game. That was the Lions' first Sunday night game in what, like a decade or something like that? Like they they were were pumped pumped up for that. Yeah, the only time they ever ended up on primetime was Thanksgiving because they weren't worth watching otherwise. So you think like, all right, that's going to give you positive momentum in the offseason. Maybe they'll carry into week one. Oh my God, they got the Chiefs. Oh, God, what a matchup. They're going to get blasted. They win the game. They manage to win the game. They lose in week two to the Seahawks. They come back and beat the Falcons last week, and then they get to return to Lambeau, where they get to prove a point to the football world. Was last year a fluke? Are we for real? Is this 2-1 and one start legitimate? Well, folks, I have a resounding answer that was delivered by the Lions, and I'm going to give it to you right now. Yes, the answer is yes. They are for real. They are better than the Packers, who are not a good litmus test, but through four games now with the Lions, Three and one and looking like a damn good football team. Dominated this game, took a really early lead. 27. Okay, so I'm I'm at the gym and it's 13 to three. Humble brag. I no, was it 13? Yeah, this is last week's game. Hold on. Well, it's probably box score here. I'm at the gym and it's 14 to three. I walk in my living room at my house and it's 24 to three. Mind you, Sean, I live like seven minutes away from the gym. Like they took control of this game that quickly. Pulled in my garage, closed the door, walk in, turn the TV on, boom, they're up by 21 points. And I cautioned for a second not to get too comfortable because, um, you know, prior, a couple weeks prior, they had a double digit lead of the Seahawks and blew that. But this is not that case. This team, man, my God, man, you want to talk about going out and putting on a performance that's going to shut up any critics that you have and, and get even more people on your bandwagon, even though there's been a ton of them. David Montgomery, 32 carries, 121 yards, and three touchdowns in his first game back after missing last week. You know, Sean, today... Much to the dismay of Jameer Gibbs' fantasy owners, by the way. Stop stop buying, stop drafting based on rookie hype, guys. I, I got to tell you this over and over again. You're putting unnecessary pressure on young guys, okay? We don't care about your fantasy team, but if we're going to give you any free advice, that's it right there. Don't invest in rookies. Do not invest in rookies. The The return is just not there unless your name is Sam Laporta, okay? And he four catches 56 yards tonight. He had his first career touchdown last week. Or so, Puka Nakua. <laughs> nobody saw that one coming. But I mean, David Montgomery, what, it wasn't even sure he was going to play today. In fact, we had a bit of a mistake today where it was reported that he wasn't going to play, and then actually he was, in fact, going to play. Comes out, not, not only does he play, he dominates. I mean, talk about setting the tone. And really sending a message for these Lions. It was, that's not even about Jared Goff. It's about the fact that they play good football on both sides of the ball. Were you surprised at all, Sean, by the result of this game? I was surprised, like you said, how quickly the Lions were able to separate themselves from the Packers. I'm not surprised they won. I'm not really surprised that they won by you know two touchdowns. 
it was that, like you said, that separation in the first half when you went into halftime and the score was 27 to 3. Oh, good night, Lambeau Field. I'm surprised it's because of the fans they are, and there's probably nothing else to do in Green Bay on a Thursday night in uh, you know late September. But I'm surprised that that stadium didn't empty out. You did hear Al Michaels on the Amazon Prime broadcast say at halftime when you heard the boos raining down at Rainbow or Lambeau Field, by the way. Rainbow Field. This is Mario Kart. Rainbow Field. Rainbow Road. <laughs> Uh, I was playing that earlier. Sorry. Al Michaels commented on the booze at Lambeau Field saying, this isn't a sound you often hear at this stadium, you know, and, and it's not. This is this is a new world order that, the, that Green Bay, Wisconsin and the state of Wisconsin has to come to terms with that the team to beat in the NFC North is somehow the Detroit Lions. Now, like you said, they fell flat week two against the Seahawks. Double-digit loss. Hell of a game. But no, they lost, the they si- lost in overtime. Overtime, it was a hell sorry. Of a game. Overtime. At the same time, though, this is the NFL. You're going to have teams that you think should win a game fall flat and lose, whether they're on the road or at home. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into this later, but see the Cowboys this week on the road in Arizona against a team that was supposed to be tanking, and somehow the team that has arguably looked the best through the first two weeks of the season they can't beat the team that's supposed to be in line for the number one overall pick. So this is the NFL. The Any given Sunday mantra really is true. So, Nick, no, I'm not surprised that the Packers lost, uh, but I am a little shocked at the separation, that the Lions really came out and just put their foot on the gas. I'm glad that you brought up the whole fan situation. Now Michael's pointing that out because uh, my colleague Greg Rosenthal had a great tweet too. Um, he said, Lions fans taking over usually airtight stadiums is one of my favorite storylines this season. And he's absolutely right to the point where you could hear their cheers audibly as if they were the home fans and a rare moment in Lambeau Field's recent history where Packers fans have been spoiled for far too long by great quarterback play. Booze raining down the Packers. I mean, they were getting into their blowout material on the broadcast before halftime. Look, it's not a boo. I, I don't like when people are angry at fans for booing because a boo to me is not I'm, you know, mad at you because you're losing. It's I'm disappointed because I know and expect better. Okay? We we put these hypes we 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 put these hype into guys like Jordan Love for a reason and they perform at a level that you you see and say I know where you can get. I know the level that you can perform at and you're not doing it tonight in prime time against a division rival. That is why I'm booing you. The boo is do better. Because you can do better. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, Greg Rosenthal, friend of the show. Uh, thank you for that great tweet. Um, you're not wrong. Big B chiming in here, noted Packers fan. Big he B. Said, he said, uh, Packers were without David Bakhtiari, Elgin Jenkins, Jair Alexander. Thanksgiving will be different. Um, I don't know if you're going to get back Bakhtiari back for that game either. There's concern that he might be done for the year. He's going. He went on IR, but who knows if he'll come back. So, don't bank on that, Big B. Uh, that you He's raise a surgery, isn't he? Yeah, you raise a decent point, but um, don't bank on that. Uh, he also said they had Corey Valentine out there in the secondary starting today, a practice squad player. Look, man, uh, different absences do not account for the fact that you got you were down twenty-seven to three like that. Okay, yeah, you got run out, you got run out the stadium by the Detroit Lions, and but, I mean that that's all there is to look, it. Look, let's not raise our expectations for the Packers. By the way, this is not a team that many people thought 
much of going into the season because you didn't know what Jordan Love was. And to his credit, through the first three weeks, Jordan Love's been a fun watch. You know, doing the QBs mm-hmm. every week for yeah. NFL.com. I've had a really fun time watching him. Is it kind of unhinged at times? Yeah. Is it hectic? Is it tumultuous? Is it thrilling and also like nerve wracking? Absolutely. But you see the potential there. It's just it's not going to be there every night, you know? I was hoping you'd say something. I had a cough, and you just left me blank there. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were still going. No, I thought you were. Oh, by the way, you missed the throat. mute button because I could still hear you. Wait, really? Yeah, it was. It was. It was muffed. It was muffled. But uh, yes. I, yeah, I don't know. I think you have like some sort of secondary audio. This is great for the audio listeners, by the way, especially in Edmonton, where we love all of our Canadian friends, though we do not have the residential Canadian on this podcast tonight. Good afternoon, Canada. Unless you're watching. Even though it is 1143 on a Thursday night. It won't be on this. Saturday when they listen to this. On the all right. Night. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much all there is to be said about Thursday night football. Let's get into uh, let's get into week three, because um, I mean, there were some fun storylines in this one. Um, Nick, the biggest one, obviously. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Is, did you see what Taylor Swift was wearing oh at that God. Chiefs game? Fire me into the deepest reaches of the galaxy. I have had to take questions internally about Taylor Swift this week. I've had to read non-stop content about Taylor. guys i hate to be a debbie downer it's a fun storyline or whatever but like it does not matter i i, I want to read you some texts from the work group chat and i'm not going to name any names because they would probably kill me but at the same time um in this group chat you know we we're, we are we are a mixed newsroom so you know probably half men half women all the women are swifties but at the same time all the women have crushes on Travis Kelsey for good reason. He's a good looking guy, you know, even with that mustache. Um, right. The mustache helps, man. The mustache helps. The swagger helps too. But at the same time, all of these reporters that I work with who were at the Taylor Swift concert in Tampa a couple of months ago turned on her the second it was rumored she was dating Travis Kelsey because their affection for Travis Kelsey apparently outweighs their love for Taylor Swift. So I don't know how much of a Swifty they are, but some of the texts that were going back and forth, Nick, were just damning. They were hilarious to watch. And it was fun for me as, you know, a sports reporter here in Tampa Bay to kind of like fuel that fire and be like, I don't know, here's this report. I don't know, here's this report. I don't know, she might be at the game on, I heard she might be at the game on Sunday. I don't know. And it was just so funny to see um, the denial, first of all, because there's no way there's no way that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were a thing. Then all of a sudden, you know, four o'clock they were. Sunday and boom, there's Taylor Swift with Mama Kelsey in a box in Kansas City and the whole world goes up. By the way, I, I work at Fox 13 in Tampa Bay. We are a Fox owned and operated company. That game was on Fox and drew 24.3 million viewers more than any other telecast it was a blowout weekend and fox turned the game off at halftime i was watching it at a sports bar with some friends i go to the bathroom i come back out five minutes later and the cowboys and cardinals game is on i said guys why did you change the channel i don't want every tv in this bar on one game and the bar said we didn't fox changed the channel 
They averaged, they had more viewers than anyone else, and they only showed half the game. And that's because the competition was non-existent because the Chiefs rolled to a blowout victory. No, that's because Taylor Swift was in the stands. Well, that's 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 why the, that they had the fans, but they changed the channel because the competition was non-existent. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm rooting for them, Nick. How I'm much? How much this discourse, by the way, all the Kelsey fans who became Taylor Swift haters, is based on fantasy football? Um, at least in my circles, I would say none. I think it's just pure jealousy that um that they don't have a shot at. Travis Kelsey anymore, though they never did. Oh, you mean they never got um, on Catching Kelsey, the TV show? Yeah, they never got on Catching Kelsey. Oh, okay. uh, one, one, someone in this group chat, yeah, I will, I will, I will name her um, because she is like in love with Travis Kelsey, and I'm like, hey, um, Kylie, you know that's a problem because y- you know Jason Kelsey, he's married. His yeah, he's married to Kylie. Is named Kylie. Yeah. Okay, that's. I don't think Travis is looking for a Kylie. Well, that's, that's a bit weird. I have a counterpoint. I have a counterpoint. And that is my younger sister got married um, to who was oh then God, her boyfriend to a, to a Nick. His name's Nick. His name. Oh, my Nick. God. There are two. Oh, that's, in my family. That's yes. weird. Yeah, that's weird. And, and so no, like, I'm sorry, you should see nothing, my niece nothing and nephew. against your little little sister. Yeah, but my niece and nephew, like my nephew's three and and the confusion is rampant with him. Mm. He we're at my sister's house a couple of weeks ago and he comes out and he asks like individually one of us to come play with him inside because it's nighttime. We're all sitting outside watching football and she goes, I want Nick to come play. So I'm like, eh, all right, time for Uncle Nick to go in there and play with the dinosaurs. And he looks at me, he goes, no, the other Nick. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I sit down, denied by my nephew. Nick, I hate this, but you are the other Nick, dude. Left only with my beer and my football. And then you're the other one. And then like 10 minutes later, Nick returns, my brother-in-law, and my nephew comes out and goes, All right, now I want that Nick to come play with me. And I was like, Yes, he still <laughs> loves Nick. me. You're his you're his silver medal. Yes, I am. If you ain't first or last, and I'm very much last in that competition. Um, okay, so aside from, from the, the Swift and Kelsey, which do we have a couple's name for them yet? Swiftsy? Swelsey? Get Swelsey with it? Uh, traveler. Either way. Traveler. Tra- traveler. Traveler. Uh, either way, dun, that game dun, was unwatchable dun, 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 after dun, the first quarter. Dun, dun. Um, <laughs> it, it was, I feel bad for Bears fans, uh, especially friend of the podcast, my former roommate, Austin Caldy. Um, I called him during that game and was like, because you told me to, Nick, you, you texted me and you're like, you should, you should call Austin. And I did. And he was not in good spirits. He did not receive the phone call well, but we did have a laugh. Yes, Mr. Austin Coley, not to be confused with the former receiver for the Colts, Austin Colley. Um, they, yeah, tough, tough scene for the Bears right now. Um, a rough week for them. We talked about it on the podcast last week. And uh, I'm just going to get on my soapbox real quick and defend Justin Fields like uh, Kyle Slaughter, uh, who is a practice squad quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's with the team right now. And uh, he said the same thing that I've seen for the last two weeks, which is, yeah, Justin Fields isn't great, but this offense is doing him no favors. They, the offensive line does not hold up. Receivers are not getting any separation. He has nowhere to throw the football. You can see why he looks like he's holding on to the ball forever because nobody's open. And when he does take the shots and throw it downfield, he misses by five, 10 yards because, again, nobody's open. So I wrote in the QB index, which you can find on NFL.com slash QB index. Um, I came to a really sad, disappointing conclusion on Sun on I think it was Monday or Tuesday when I was watching this game back, where I just realized like his best chance to succeed is once again as a runner. 
Like that's the only place he can make a difference right now. And it's usually out of structure. That's bad. That's a really bad place to be for an offense. So they have a ton of problems. You know, they came into this season with too much hype. I think we talked about that in the podcast last week. Yeah. If possible, the team that finished last a season ago was they had the number one overall. They traded up for the number one overall. I I know it was traded out of the number one overall pick. I don't know how that team could possibly be overhyped, but they were. Um, and their their hype ceiling was like five or six wins. Hey, five or six, maybe seven wins, and we're having a good season. I just think, yeah, you're right. They regress, but I do. I agree with you, Nick. I do because I watched him. You know, two weeks ago here in Tampa against the Bucks, and that Bucks defense. I mean, that is a machine. It, it is a it is a good defense in this league. But at the same time, yes, he was holding on to the ball too long. But you're right. He had no one to throw to. No one. He had he had he had DJ Moore to throw to for like one drive, and that was it. Chase Claypool looks like he is just sleepwalking through every single game out there. He's not blocking. He's not running routes. He's not doing anything. I, I frankly, I do feel bad for Justin Fields, but he's also not doing himself any favors. If that makes sense, the Bears are in a, are in a real bad situation, man. I, I I don't see it getting any better this season and at this point i mean if the cardinals can squeak away a win here and there like they did last week um yeah i mean the bears might have the number one overall pick again and then you're looking at hey caleb williams what can you do for us and the answer is probably nothing because the bears are just screwing up quarterbacks left and right yeah it's the same result like it's that's what's probably the most frustrating thing about all of this is that I think if you put Justin Fields in the right situation, he'd be a star. It's just that he's not in a good situation. And anybody you replace him with is not going to fare any better. Like, you have right. organizational issues. You have roster issues. You did not build from the inside out, and you're paying for it. And right. and so it's a bummer because Justin Fields is already being, you know, treated as if he's a talentless quarterback who has no future. And I do not believe that's the case. I just think that he has I, no yeah. chance to prove it. And that's because he has shown such flashes of brilliance. I feel like he has regressed this year. They're just being so few and yeah. far between. And, and you know, maybe we'll get a full season's worth and be able to analyze it. But right now, it's just bad. All right, let's move on to uh, winners and losers. Let's let's keep this tight tonight, all right? Sure, um, we're going to keep it tight. Who's your first winner from week three? Uh, my first winner from week three is, uh, let's see. How about the, hey, how about the Arizona Cardinals? Okay. They were supposed to be tanking. They were supposed to be the sure-fired lot. I mean, who's like, yeah, you know what? We uh, Obviously, Kyler Murray's going to be injured for a while. Colt McCoy, you've played a lot of football for us. You've won us some games. We are going to cut you and bring in Josh Dobbs, a perennial practice squad slash third stringers who has only had to make spot starts in his career, and he is going to be the starting quarterback. Did you see, by the way, this week nick um josh dobbs had kind of a gripe with the cardinals where he didn't have any jerseys in the team store yeah team started quarterback has no jerseys in the team store that tells you how much they think about josh well, dobbs no, and his no, future no. With the... uh, look, no 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 no, 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 no let me no, say no, this no, let no, me no. say this let me say this from my experience working for an nfl team it's a supply issue you have to order that stuff oh, it's always a supply issue yeah and the yeah. browns went with their color rush uniforms for the entire 2019 season as their home uniforms they everyone was trying to desperately buy Odell color rush jerseys and they couldn't find them because they didn't have any stock because they didn't stock it because they got they got Odell months earlier they didn't know they were going to switch their color rush uniforms because they didn't know if the league was going to approve that there was nothing to be had it's a year and a half process in advance this is why rebrands it's take your two starting years. quarterback this they is traded the NFL. for him two they weeks before the start of the season they Sean. can do it I've seen NFL teams move mountains they can do it at the same time he now does have 
his jersey in the team custom in the team, made uh, store custom made and thank, he earned thank it. god and he earned god. it with that with that play he had a fantastic game um you know they play i love they, they i love that josh dobbs is is leading this team and they got a win over the cowboys who looked just darn unbeatable the first two weeks um i mean you could say the niners had a better first two weeks but i would disagree with you and i would say the cowboys had the hottest start to the year uh not anymore no one told the Cardinals they're supposed to be tanking. One no one told the, James Conner. Yeah. No one told Josh Dobbs. Yeah, no, their their backfield which ran for over 200 yards against the Cowboys defense, the vaunted Cowboys defense. Um, one of the things that makes the NFL so great is its parity. It's manufactured to a degree by the yeah. salary cap. And when you're a good team and you come into a game flat or just expecting to win, you're going to get caught. And the Cardinals are, have been a prime team to do that this year because they've started every game the same way, which is they play with their hair on fire for the first half. They establish, establish this formula where – they go in and they get off to a hot start. They play really hard, way better than and harder than I thought they would play, um, given the, the new coaching staff and everything else. And then they let it slip away. Like that's what they did against Washington in week two. So I'm sitting there watching the game on Sunday. I'm writing that up for NFL.com and I'm thinking, all right, so when's the tide going to turn? All right, offense is going into a shell. Here we go. Three, there's five stages to the Cardinals game. Hot start, build a lead. Offense goes into a shell, surrender lead lose the game. That's usually how it goes. We were in stage three of five when suddenly the Cowboys blow a coverage and Josh Dobbs completes a long pass. I think it was 68 or 69 yards down the field to set up a, uh, uh, was it a fourth quarter touchdown that made it 28 to 16. And then they get a pick of Dak Prescott. One of the uglier picks you're going to watch in the NFL so far this season to kind of seal that victory. Um, a resounding win for them. Dobbs didn't play exceptionally well but he did enough to win and that's why they went and got him he's a guy that's going to be able to make some plays and help you have a fighting chance in a game so good for them uh i'm going to roll with my winner here uh because the cardinals obviously were a great pick but i'm going to go in a different direction and um i'm going to roll with uh a bit of a surprise and that's the houston texans my friend yeah you know we just spent all this time talking about justin fields hold on nick hold on nick I would like to get on my soapbox for a second. I'm going to use my soapbox to shower you with some praise. Because when you were at the Combine, you said, man, C.J. Stroud looks like the best quarterback of this class, and he just might be. Continue. So here's how I felt about the group at the Combine, and in that time, because Bryce Young didn't perform in the Combine. But just from knowing these guys' collegiate careers and everything else, I felt like the consensus opinion that Bryce Young was the best quarterback in this draft was a little bit short-sighted. Not because of the potential, which is there, but oftentimes a quarterback that enters a team, you know, joins a roster of a team as a high draft pick usually is going into a bad situation. That's why they're picking that high. That's why they need a quarterback. Bad situations can ruin careers. Look at what's happening to Justin Fields right now. I felt like if you're going to take a quarterback with such a high pick, you should err on the side of caution and go with the most pro-ready quarterback. What traits does a guy have that can make him that can help him find success as quickly as possible? And once the Bryce now, Young, CJ Stroud did have one fatal flaw. He went to Ohio State. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Bryce Young was a guy who did a lot of things well, but didn't do something specifically that made me think he can lift a team up out of the mud. Now, if he's in a good situation, he can probably be a star. He's not in a great situation in Carolina. It's not the worst situation ever, but he's, it's not a great situation. Whereas I looked at C.J. Stroud and I thought, that accuracy is elite. 
His combine workout justified it. His tape justified it. His pro day justified it. And I thought, if you need to draft a quarterback who you're going to play immediately, who can probably, you know, the best one to give you the best chance to win right away, even if it's just a few games, be competitive. It's CJ Stroud because of the accuracy, because he could throw guys open. If you put in the right situation in the right system and scheme it around him, you can win games. And that's exactly what the Texans did on Sunday. This is another team like the Cardinals that showed flashes of being able to potentially win games. They didn't have enough in week one. They didn't bring it in week two, but week three, man, C.J. Stroud, 20 of 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns, hooking up with another combine gem that I spotted in Indianapolis in March, Tank Dell from Tank the University Dell. of Houston. He's a stud. He was my favorite receiver in the group because of the way he runs routes, and that's exactly what he did on Sunday. He ran routes to perfection, five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Looked exactly like the guy I thought he was going to be. So I felt good just watching them being like, hey, look, that, that's what I thought they could be. That's probably their peak. They beat the Jaguars by 20 points. Weird game. They get a, a kick return touchdown by a tight end fullback named Andrew Beck, who's essentially an H-back, who fumbled it initially and then picked it up and just ran down the sideline and managed to take it back 85 yards for a touchdown. Um, sometimes things like that happen, but it, that does not take away from C.J. Stroud, who had a fantastic game and looks like the best of the three rookie quarterbacks right now. I'm not going to say I'm proud of that fact, but I feel somewhat justified because he's doing what I thought he would do. Now, we'll see what happens if Anthony Richardson returns to the lineup for the Colts because he's looking all right, too. But right now, Bryce Young so far, not great vibes, but a winner for sure in week three. The Houston Texans scoring their first victory of 2023. Let's go with uh, you want another winner or a loser? Let's do a loser. And for this, I thought long and hard because I could say the Jags because they were supposed to come in and, you know, scorched earth policy roll over the AFC South, which might be the worst division in football next to the NFC South. But, you know, the Jags are not doing that right now. They're one and two. I could say them, but I won't. Um, I could say the Dallas Cowboys because <laughs> they lost the Cardinals, but I won't. Instead, I'm reserving my loser of the week. For Josh McDaniels, because, Nick, do you want to know what my worst uh, subject was in school? Um, math? It was math, or as the <laughs> British say, maths. Maths. The math ain't math. Apparently, apparently, Josh McDaniels and I were in the same math class because... He did go to King McKinley. <laughs> when you're down by eight... You go for a field goal. That math ain't mathin', sir. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. He was, he was A, challenging his defense to go get a three and out, and he was betting on the Steelers' offense, which had kind of run stagnant at that point, to get a third straight three and out. But, oh, no. Kenny and the boys managed one first down and were able to give the ball back to the Raiders on their own 10-yard line with 12 seconds remaining. This is what And happens. given already concussed Jimmy G, no chance. Yeah. No chance whatsoever. If you were, if you're a coach, if you're a fan, and you're watching that Sunday night game, the Raiders had all the momentum, all the momentum in the world. And me as a Steelers fan, I'm sitting back going, we are going to somehow lose this game. It had been since 1991 that the Steelers had won on the road against the Raiders in whatever city they were in at the time. Wow. I don't know. That, well, that includes L.A., Oakland, and Vegas. Was it really L.A.? They didn't move away from L.A. until 95. So there you go. So, so it had been a long time. Apparently all it took for the Steelers to beat the Raiders on the road was them to move to Las Vegas because that was the first time they played in Vegas. Um, 
and Josh McDaniels with all the momentum in the world with a fourth and four coming up from the Steelers like what 12 yard line he goes for a field goal they, that gets it that makes drive a five ended point. at the eight they kicked a field goal at with the, the ball eight thank you eight. this was all off 20, memory, it was so a I'm not 26 yarder a 26 yeah. yarder continue no, you. I mean, you are proving my point. It was such a wild. Now, when before before the penalty, before the uh, what was it, the uh, illegal leverage, leverage, yeah. legal leverage penalty. Yeah. I understand why he was going for the field goal. Okay, you're either going to try an onside kick or you're going to bet the Steelers will go three and out, and you'll have more time on the clock. But oh no, they had another couple of plays after that penalty moved them halfway to the goal line, and you still go for the field goal. I mean. That's again. I feel like I'm a broken record right now, but that math ain't, ain't mathing. No, it is not. Uh, Josh McDaniels, my biggest loser of the week. That is what happens when uh, you take the safe route and expect your defense to get a stop, and it's not a good defense. I think the Bills kind of proved that the week prior. Uh, they deserve that loss. My loser from week three, the Denver Broncos, who got a fifty burger dropped to them, not in final score, but in deficit, as in the difference in the game. They actually got 70 points dropped them. An atomic bomb dropped on them on the road in Miami. A weird game. 10 total touchdowns for the Miami Dolphins. None of those points were field goals. I like how everyone is uh, reminding the world that Josh McDaniels, or sorry, not Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniel was a ball boy for the Denver Broncos. Did you know that that Denver didn't even interview him? Did, did you didn't know? It, and in 2022, did you know he's a Denver guy? Didn't he? And they hired Nathaniel Hackett instead, who, according to Sean Payton, did the worst coaching job ever, only to be followed up by Sean Payton's coaching job this yes. last week. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. The Denver Broncos are 0-3, losing games by 1 point, 2 points, and 50 points. Nick, I, do, I have a question for you. I'm going to give you three fan bases right now. You tell me which should feel the best no which should feel the worst tell me which should feel the worst okay. okay you ready yeah would you rather be a broncos fan would you rather be oh let's see i had this would you rather be a broncos fan a bears fan which hey they meet this week i feel like the uh, loser of that game should get relegated to the uh, usfl <laughs> slash xfl whatever they're gonna the call new, their the hybrid combined league. Yeah, the new league they're gonna call would you rather be a bears fan a broncos fan or would you rather be a Vikings fan? Oh, I thought you were going to say a Jets fan. Uh... No, 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 no. I'm gonna, because the, because okay, hear me out. If Aaron Rodgers was there, this would be a different yeah. But situation. that's what makes the it Jets so are, painful. The, I know the Jets are a good team. The Vikings are not. That's why I'm giving the Jets the benefit of the doubt because it's it's all in the quarterback play, man. It's all in the quarterback play. Yeah. Um. I it, this one's pretty easy. I'd be a Vikings fan. Kirk Cousins is playing good ball right now. He is. He's no, 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 no. Which would be the worst? Who is in the worst spot? Which fan would you rather not oh, be? Oh, uh, probably the Bears because their coach is most likely to get fired first. They don't have a concrete option for the future at quarterback, and there are so many problems. Not to mention the fact that this is uh, compared with the hype that they had built for themselves going into the season. Some way overestimated hype, which I talked about weeks earlier. Uh, everything looks bad right now with that football team, and. They don't trust their ownership to make a good decision with the next hire that they make. And their GM is still new. Like everything's bad there right now. Everything is bad. So it would be the Bears. I I 
want to agree with you, but I almost want to say the Broncos just because it feels like they are cursed. Like so much optimism, so much hype last year. Let Russ cook. Okay, they didn't have the right coach. That's fine. I don't think you got the right coach now either, buddy. Uh, yeah, that's tell the you. thing is, I think you're, that you're and, chasing and you a talk golden about, goose. And you talk about quarterback the of the future. Russell Wilson's a quarterback of the past at this point. See, that's the thing. Russ has not been terrible. He was rough in week no, one. No, he, he hasn't. You're right. Second half in week two, but he had a good first half in week two, and he wasn't bad in that game. It's just that everything fell apart everywhere else. Like he, it's just Martin that the Dolphins the ball twice. It's Thursday, and the Dolphins are still scoring points. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you gonna do? You complete a pass, and the guy fumbles. You complete another pass, the guy fumbles. Like, there's nothing you can't carry the ball for him after you throw it to him too. Uh, he's not Agreed. having a bad so, year. We're we're in agreement though. The loser of this week's toilet bowl between the Bears and Broncos, which by the way, I don't know will if be, you've looked at the NFL the coverage map. Uh, eighty like five percent of the country is going to see Broncos Bears. Oh hell yeah! Uh, loser loser gets what relegated? I don't know. Should they re- be replaced by the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL, or should they be replaced by the Arlington Renegades no, of no, no. the USFL? I got one. I got one. Um. No, the Arlington Renegades are the XFL. Uh, or oh, the, the XFL, the, sorry. The Birmingham Stallions of the uh, USFL. The Birmingham two-time USFL champs. The Philadelphia with, Stars. Hey, with with Tampa Bay native Alex Magoo as quarterback. Uh, here's my answer. It's the team that Dustin Crum, Kent State's own, plays for. The Ottawa Red Blacks. That's who they are. Yeah, there we go. Right Love there. It. So we can get a little Crum action in the NFL. I, here's the thing on this topic. It's a good, it's a good question that you raise. I think that... The Broncos' problems are the result of ineptitude and lack of execution, whereas the Bears are a, a general result of a lack of direction from the top down. And the Vikings are a team that had all this luck last year, and they were a paper tiger of a 13-win team, and it's all going in the opposite direction. Like, it's averaging out in a really, They're really vicious Literally play. like, oh, this is what it would be like if we lost all yeah. of yeah. those one-score games yeah. last year. Exactly. That's happening now. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um. All right, I think that wraps up the NFL. Yeah, we did a think? winner and loser. I mean, the Bills yeah. dominated the Commanders. The Seahawks won a game over the Panthers, uh, who were playing with Andy Dalton. Uh, the Bengals got their first win, but it was ugly. The Eagles beat your Buccaneers to kind of prove that they, they aren't as good as their record. Not my Buccaneers. Did. Let's be honest. They are not my Buccaneers. Yeah, I just okay. covered the team. Okay. The Jets lose another game. No surprise there. Uh, what was and, that, 15 straight, 14 straight to the Pats? Yeah, the Pats owned them, even if they changed quarterbacks. The Saints lost a heartbreaker to the Packers. It was a 17-0 lead and blew that with an 18.4th quarter by the Packers, who then went on to lose to the Lions tonight. The Lions beat the Falcons 20-6, to fairly dominant, kind of a weird game. Closed off with Jared Goff touchdown. The Browns defense dominated the Titans. Oh, yes. How did we not mention the Browns? Well, because, they, you know, we, we're trying to keep it tight here. We're not doing a good job of it. Uh, the Browns defense is elite, Sean. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. And, and I yes, think they, are. That they will have a shot in every game. I had a text the day after they won that game against the Titans 27 to three. The Browns should be favored in every but one, every game but one left on their schedule. And I was like, I looked the at it and I was like, no, the 49ers. And I looked at it and I was oh, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, if their defense keeps playing like this, yeah, that's an elite defense. That could win you a championship. Now, if their offense follows suit, I don't know. That's not guaranteed. The let, Colts, let, let's be, let's be clear. Uh, an AFC North championship. Yeah. Uh, the Colts, and that's not going to be easy to get either. They they squeak out a win over the Ravens in overtime, a very strange game. Sir, I just want to know, is the world going to end this week because Justin Tucker missed not one, but two kicks? It was rainy. I give him a be- the benefit of the doubt. It was a soggy M&T Bank Stadium. Oh, and the 49ers um, handily beat the Giants, who 
are living up to my expectation, which is that they're not as good as people thought they were. All right. Correct. I think we all said that. That does it for the NFL. Let's get into the America's favorite game show. It's another rousing edition, Sean, of... Do you even know? Is that a lamp that's shaking on your desk? <laughs> yeah, I punched my lamp in excitement. Nice. All right, let's let let's let it rip. All right, uh, so it was Katie's turn last week, and she went 0 for 3, as Katie usually does. Oh, Love you, Katie. Didn't we give her a half of a point? We gave her half a point for some reason, but she went 0 for 3, let's be honest. Uh, so now it is Nick's turn, and Nick, I'm reviving. I, I did a quiz with you earlier in the week, or earlier in the year, I should say, uh, about... Tampa Bay sports topics. We're going to change that. We are going to broaden our horizons to the entire Sunshine State. So, Nick, that is your topic. Sports in the Sunshine State. Are you ready? I'm screwed. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Uh, Last week it was announced, Nick, that uh, Tropicana Field is going to be no more. In 2028, the Rays are going to open a brand new $1.3 billion stadium in beautiful downtown St. Pete. Uh, So, Nick... With the TROP in its final few days, thank God, uh, do you even know, what was the initial name of this stadium before the Rays even moved in? It was the Thunderdome. Ah, dang it. I thought yeah, I got you there. No, yes, I, it was I'm, a the stadium, I'm a stadium nerd, Sean. I can get them all. You know what? I thought I was going to get you there because it's just, it's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Like, come on. who? Yeah, the Lightning. It was, the, you know. Yeah. It was the Lightning. Yes, the yeah. Lightning played there. Okay, I thought I got you there. I made that one too easy, but here we go. Uh, question number two. Uh, Nick, you and I, of course, we went to the Miami Grand Prix two years ago. Had the time of our lives. We'll go back one day. Had an, ama- an there- amazing chicken tender platter, by the way. Oh, yes. At uh, Where was that? That was the Hard the Rock Casino. Hard Rock Casino. Yeah, in, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but, Nick, there was a second city that F1 raced in, in Florida. So, do you even know, where is the second city in Florida that Formula One has raced at? Uh, Tampa St. Pete. No. Uh, one, other, one another crack, one another crack at it. Uh, Daytona? Think long and hard. It is not Daytona. The answer, Nick, Sebring at the <laughs> oh, 1959, yeah, the 1959 U.S. Grand Prix drew 8,000 spectators. Hell yeah. Back when the cars were completely open and it was a death trap. It is, um, it is... That was the, I think that was the inaugural U.S. Grand Prix. Uh, by the way, that's that track. I still want to go to it because they still hold the uh, 12 hours of uh, Sebring there every single yeah, year, which yeah. is one of like the triple crown races of endurance racing. It's still, you know, a beautiful racetrack, but it is in the middle of nowhere here in Florida. But yes, Sebring, 1959 U.S. Grand Prix. Uh, all right, Nick, last question. Do you even know which team in Florida adopts a rat as its second mascot because they found a rat in the locker room during their first year of operation. Can I get the a fans clue? Fans love a, the rat. Can I get a clue on the sport? No, I can't. Because um, it's Florida. There's only like two teams per sport in the state. Like that narrows it down way too much. All right, a rat. Um, I'm thinking about mascots and I'm thinking about uh teams in the state. actually i believe their actual mascot like the the thing that dressed like the person that dresses up in a costume is a rat yeah and it's not ringing a bell is this a major sport mm-hmm so i'm gonna it's not jacksonville it's not tampa uh it's not miami in, in terms of nfl um 
I was gonna say, like, you just eliminated every major sports city in the states. No. One of those three, I promise you. I'm trying to think about who does a rat. Um, it's not the Florida Panthers, is it? It is the Florida oh, Panthers. Oh, Way to three, go. Two for three. Let's wow. Go. That might be a record, Nick. That might Woo. be a record on even now. Two for three. I made the Thunderdome question too easy. But yes, they found a rat in their locker room year one. And ever since, when goals are scored to celebrate wins, playoffs, whatever, you throw fans dead rats throw on the ice. rubber rats onto the ice. Yes. Good job. Two for three in America's favorite game show. Even now. Even now. All right, that was a quick one and a and a efficient one. And you well, know you what? Did well. Let's make a plaque. I'm hanging it back here behind me. That was a hell of a performance. Someone will go well. three for three one day. One day. One day. All right. Uh, shifting gears over to F1, where we raced in Japan at Suzuka at the beautiful time of one a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Oh. Nick, Sean, I'm gonna. Do we even do we even tell them what we were doing at 1 a.m. on we Sunday? We got on in this lobby without screen. Yeah, we, we got on this lobby and we were less than well, so I, I had just watching. Gotten, I had just gotten through an emotional Ohio State Notre Dame game with a bunch of people over at the house and uh you know stayed or stuck around to watch the race and had a jolly old time with you and Katie in here. It was a real blast. I was out at a sports bar in Tampa uh, watching some late night college football and then all of a sudden F1 comes on. I think I watched the first like eight laps there, got in an Uber, hightailed it back home and uh, yeah, we, we poured myself some screwdrivers. We had a fun night <laughs> slash morning. John, oh, I'm drinking screwdrivers. screwdrivers? Katie, Katie was like, are you drinking orange juice? I'm, like, I'm drinking screwdrivers. I have no, I, I don't have any cold beers at the moment. I didn't think I was going to be drinking beer uh, to watch that one race. I'm going to be honest. But you, I wanted to, to watch the race with you. Um, I don't think I've had a screwdriver since college. They are delicious. There's no shame in them. You get your vitamin C. I, orange juice is delicious. Yeah. A little bit of vodka, it's great. Um, so the podium finished off like this. Max Verstappen, after his one race hiatus on a, off a podium, that is. Um, Max Verstappen won, Lando Norris two, and Oscar Piastri getting his maiden podium in Formula One in his rookie season. He is living up to hype. Um, aside from that, and being a McLaren fan, I can even admit, not the most, you know, impressive race of the season not the most exciting race of the season kind of boring passable it was a little boring yeah passable yeah i'd give it i'd give the race like a c a solid c because japan is usually supposed to give us action it's supposed to give us a lot of overtaking it's supposed to give us wild weather we didn't get a lot of that. Yeah, let's look we at the a little bit of it. Let's let's look at the margins for the top five real quick. Uh, plus nineteen point three eight seven seconds between Max Verstappen and Lando Norris. So you had P one wrapped up between Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. Another fifteen seconds between Oscar Piastri and and Charles Leclerc, who is P four. Another seven seconds, seven and a half. Math is math, and over here. And then P five, Lewis Hamilton was six seconds behind him. Well, about five and a half. And Carlos Sainz was only. Uh, nine tenths behind Lewis Hamilton. That's about the tightest finish we had among the entire race, Sean. Uh, just not much traffic, a lot of gaps in between. No. Smooth sailing, Sharif. Let me tell you, boring. It was, it was, it was boring. I mean, um, I'm, I'm happy as a McLaren fan that you know Oscar Piastri got his first podium, Lando got his first podium. They are catching 
uh, Aston Martin, and they have a serious chance to catch Aston Martin. Not probably not Ferrari with the way Ferrari is is going these days. But man, it gives me a lot of hope for next year. Um, maybe even this year that McLaren can finally you know get that first win for Lando, or you know, God forbid, Oscar. Um, but man, that's going to be a good driver lineup for years to come. Oscar Piastri completely, completely living up to the hype that you know. Alpine, I guess, set forth for him. Um, it's a good team, but um, you know, Max was too tough, man. Max uh, was too tough. We have an interesting finish setting up here in the battle for P two between Mercedes and Ferrari. They are just twenty points apart, and the Ooh, battle for E four is uh, forty nine points apart right now. Uh, with... I think I think McLaren's going to catch him. I do. Uh, so I, I mean, I love this race for the fact that McLaren proved that. Big talker Zach Brown may be onto something here by saying, look, we feel like we should be a championship contending team in the future. We have closed all the gaps that we needed to close. It's showing in the car. It's showing the driver performance. Um, it's super encouraging. It's fun to see the young guys that come in with a lot of hype actually produce and produce quickly. And seeing Lando and Oscar Piastri, the 2-3 the finish there is really what drove it home. Oscar is keeping Lando on his toes, man. I swear. And, and I don't know if that's going to make Lando a better driver. You kind of hope it does. Um, but this is a team that's not going to have a, a, a number one driver in the future. This is going to be a one and one A type of team. And whoever you know comes out better in qualifying or comes out better in the race on strategy, that's going to be the driver that McLaren throws their weight behind on any given weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, another note, Red Bull wrapped up their uh, Constructors title. Uh, what is that? They're seventh? They're sixth? Uh, they're sixth? That's a good question. They're sixth. Yeah, fourth, Sebastian, two. Two? Yeah, two six in a row. Six times. Now. Yeah, six yeah, times. Yeah, so six times. Six time Constructors champ. Max still can't or did not wrap up the driver's title. I think he can do that next weekend when they go to Qatar. Um, but other than that, I mean, any other thoughts, Nick? Or do you just want to go into predictions? Um. I do want to say one thing just because it was a funny moment. Uh, car, uh, Checo Perez is driving his car like a boat what, right now. What was... Okay, okay. I've seen all the memes. Red Bull had two DNFs at Suzuka. Both of them were Sergio Perez somehow. Yeah, um, he, he DNFs, and then all of a sudden they show a shot of the garage, and they're prepping his car to come back out, which I didn't even know you could do that, which by we the way. Were, again, we were kind of like a couple drinks deep, and we're like, what is a happening couple. right now? Did I hit fat, rewind? What is happening? No, they retired his car, which I didn't even know that you could legally do this in a race. Retired his car, fixed it. Throw him back out there. Now, I watch NASCAR occasionally, too. You do that all the time in NASCAR because you literally never know what could happen on an oval track in NASCAR, especially at a super speedway, where cars can come back from two, three, four laps down and fight for not just points, but like a top five, top ten finish. That doesn't happen in F1. They send him back out there, and I think, what was the deficit? Minus three laps? No, Sean. Here we go. Mine plus five laps plus five laps. Yeah, my tweet said when you when you won't take no for an answer. <laughs> what what did what was the point? What was the it point? It was to make up a Just penalty. to go crash another car. No, it was to make up a penalty, and um, I still don't understand. And honestly, it didn't matter enough for me to come back and figure it out. It was just funny. More than anything, it was just funny. I was just like, oh, I, I'm enjoying this. This is a nice little bit of flavor that I didn't expect in this race. That's otherwise pretty boring. 
Uh, so that was kind of fun. What is he doing, by the way? Just ramming into cars left and right the last couple of weeks. Get it under control, Checo. I know you're feeling the I, heat, but my God. I, I do not understand it. I, I, I don't. If anyone else was driving that car, I feel like they would be under such scrutiny, which he is. But Rebel have already you know, said that he is going to be in their car next year. He is going to be their driver. They're sticking with him. His contract is through next year. But I mean, if he even... If he has the season he has now next year, he's gone. It's not yep. even an if. It's it's a when. Yep. Uh, speaking of Red Bull drivers in seats next year, right before the race, Alpha Tauri, soon to possibly be either Hugo Boss or Adidas. Adidas I'm sorry. F1. That would be so fun. I'm sorry. Adidas. They also confirmed that next year their drivers will still be Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricciardo. Apparently, the job Liam Lawson has been doing, which has been a superb job filling in for the injured Daniel Ricciardo, um, is just not enough. And so they're going to throw Danny Rick back in there. At this point, too, if I'm Red Bull, if I'm Alpha Tauri, I just let Liam Lawson finish out the season. Yeah, Daniel's like- already, Daniel already knows what how to drive an F1 car at this point, you know, just let Liam get the experience um, because he might wind up in a car next year, if not a little bit later. It just feels like such a lateral move for a team that's making a general lateral move. Like they're rebranding, they're they're becoming a junior team again. But why are you a junior team with a veteran driver who has no developmental potential? Like by the time he develops, he's going to be too old to race. Because you can match his potential or not his potential. I'm sorry. His talent versus your younger driver's potential. You can match. So that he's with a you. he's That's, a he's a rolling barometer. Correct. That's what they wanted Daniel for in that car after they fired Nick DeVries. They wanted to see how does Yuki match up with Daniel Ricardo. And I will give Red Bull credit for this. I'd never give them credit for anything. They could have easily punted on Yuki and said, "All right, next year it's Danny Rick and Liam Lawson," because Liam Lawson looks a heck of a lot better than Yuki Tsunoda, but they are sticking with him, maybe in part because of their deal with Honda, but at the same time, they're sticking with Yuki and letting him finish out his challenge with Daniel Ricciardo. Tell me I'm wrong. That's fine, and I see your logic there, and that all checks out. I just think if you're a junior team, you can keep Yuki. Sister, Nick. Sister team. No, they're going back to junior. Oh, of course. Yeah, they were sister, and they're like, nah, that's not working. We're clearly not a sister team. We're a junior team. We're going to go back to that. If you're a junior team, you're going back to junior team, then put the young guy in the other seat. You don't have to get rid of Yuki. Make it two young guys. Do the Haas move for the last few years before they went and took a, uh, did an about face and went back to veteran drivers this year. Why not? What do you have to lose? Nothing. You're already losing. Just put the guy in the car. Tell Daniel, Daniel Ricardo to go back to Perth and do whatever he does out there. My God. All right, so Sean, let, let's let's segue to the He's next thing. He's from Melbourne. Yeah, but doesn't he live in Perth? I don't know. I thought he did. Nick, I've done like five stories with Australians over the past month, and I'm just beginning to lose track of where all of ge- the geography of Australia is. I muted that time with the button on the screen. Not the you did. My I didn't hear it. It's yeah. a good job. Right. That's good out of me. You know, having a good night. Good all right, so Sean, where does Liam Lawson go? What does he do? I, I don't know. Um, because here's the thing. And this was kind of key. Today, Williams released this weird video on Twitter. And I say weird because it was kind of cryptic, but also just kind of out of the blue, where James Vowles, the team principal over there at Williams, just kind of said, like, we believe in 
Logan Sargent, and we have specific goals for him to meet, and he's hitting those targets. If you are a team, and there's been a lot of speculation on whether Logan Sargent, the lone American on the grid, will be racing for Williams next year or not, because he is not a pay driver. He is a member of Williams Academy. They promoted him from F2 this year. James Vowles comes out and say, you know, we believe in Logan Sargent. He's, he has these, you know, targets to hit, and believe it or not, he is hitting them, though Alex Albon is smoking him in every measurable statistic. Um, into that, Nick, I say he has targets that he's meeting. Okay, the Americans got money that they're giving. <laughs> yeah, us. like come on, man. Because he hasn't been let me, competitive. He uh, not recently. Ha- first couple races of the season, we saw some sparks, but just he's he's lost the car the last couple of weeks. Sent it in the wall every time. Here is, is a stat that's interesting. Um, coming off this last race, where he again wrecked. You want to know how much damage, how much money he has cost Williams? Again, every team is now under a cost cap. Every team has to, like, you know, penny pinch, basically, to get this all together. How much money do you think he has cost Williams this year? How much is a front wing, nose, and floor damage total up to? Is that a quarter mil? I, I got no idea. I got the number in front of me of how much he has cost is them it over this a million? year so far. Is it over? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Tell you what. Nick, I have the I have every driver's total, okay, for money Is cost. Is he ranked first? You know, hold on. You know who came in dead last? Max for money Verstappen. cost? Max Verstappen. Cost Rebel 220K. Well, that's still kind of a lot. I will tell you this. Smack dab in the middle is Zhou Guan Yu at 1.2. Oh, that's the middle? So what did Liam or what did Logan Sargent cost him? Like five? 3.9. Wow. Logan Sargent has cost a penny-pinching team, and I say penny-pinching with love, Williams, because I do admire you. They have new money he now. Cost, they have American money. He has, they got American money. He has cost a penny-pinching team like Williams, 3.9, probably by the time the season's over, $4 million in damages. That ranks number one, Nick, by $1.3 million. <laughs> you know who's in number two? Uh, Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, yeah. That's, that was too easy. <laughs> Number three, by the way, is Sergio Perez, which that's is kind of funny when you think his teammate is dead last. That's not um, But yeah, Logan Sargent has cost his team $4 million. He doesn't look like he's ready for F1. It looks like they plucked yeah. him out of F2 a little too soon. Um, it looks like he's probably better served coming back to IndyCar here in the U.S. But at the same time, it sounds like Williams is going to stick with him. So to your question, I don't know where Liam Lawson goes because the only seat left on the grid for next year is Williams. And, and so maybe gonna, he does a reserve driver role. But Yeah. Is this, Sean, the dreaded vote of confidence that so often happens in the NFL where a coach that's on the hot seat gets the vote of confidence from the GM of the owner and then weeks later they're fired? Inevitably. It happens almost every time. Is that what this it, is? It could be, but I feel like, and I said this on the pod last week, I feel like, man, that American money is so good. Don't forget that Williams is now owned by Doralton Capital, an American investing firm, okay? You might think this is an international sport, but there's American money all over it, and you bet that it is benefiting from having the stars and stripes, albeit in 20th place, 
on that grid. Yeah, they're going to have a whole lot of it spent, too, when they go to Vegas in a few weeks. Uh, okay, so that means that Liam Lawson is essentially kind of up up a pedal or up a I feel up bad for him but yeah he's kind of like he's kind of like oscar piastri a couple of years ago it doesn't he should be an f1 but doesn't have a drive all right well let's let's uh review our podium predictions real quick but before we do that shout out to madden who jumped in the chat he's watching the show he said shook baby my brother thank you for joining hope you're having a great night we are gonna get into our podium predictions now from last week that's actually the wrong order there there we go uh we're gonna check our notes and folks I might have just gone two for three and do you even know? And that may be the best performance in history of the show and maybe forever. But Sean went a perfect three for three in his podium prediction. So, Sean, why okay, did you so, tell us? Okay, so that's not exactly correct. You looked at the, um, yeah, you looked at the, the, the doc. Yeah. I called an audible again. I will take praise. I will. But I called an audible last second. If you review the tape, and I said, screw it. Lando Norris is going to win this race. Max Verstappen P2, Oscar P3. But if you look at the dock, I had the podium. Absolutely correct. In the last moment, my McLaren fandom, uh, it spoke up for me. Sean. And I said, Lando Norris wins the race. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. By the way, that that little pause I gave you, that's when you go back and you yeah, edit. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, know. yeah, you got it. Thank okay, you got it, you got it, Thank you. For P1, guys, um, screw it. Ma- Max is, this isn't in the dock. I'm calling it audible. Max's streak is over. I'm going to say it until it happens. P1, Lando Norris. He's getting his first win. It's going to be in Japan. Look, the hey, the high-speed corners at Suzuka really fit the McLaren's style of car. I say Lando Norris gets his first win because if Max is behind him, does he really go for the win? They're best buddies. I mean, call it what you want, but remember like back in 2021, Max may have let Daniel Ricciardo pass him at Monza and then just not chased him down, okay? He might do the same for Lando. So I'm going to say Lando and McLaren get a win at Japan. P2 then. I'm swapping my original P1 and P2. I say Max gets P2, and then P3, KDI, I'm also going for Oscar Piastri. Uh, do you want to help me put my breakfast together tomorrow, too? While you're sure, at? yeah. yeah. All right. Wheaties, cool. breakfast, Nick Shook. No. Uh, we are not sponsored by Wheaties. It's oatmeal, and we're not going to tell you the brand because we're not sponsored by anybody. As a reminder, if you are interested in sponsoring the show, phone lines are... I- I, I, I feel that would have been a perfect three for three. By the way, my bold prediction of the race was there would be no safety cars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, no, it was uh no, no, no sorry. Ferrari my prediction a was a Ferrari with DNF, which yeah. did not happen. I did not provide a bold prediction according to the doc, which is not Shocker. a surprise. Not a surprise. Uh, let's Shocker. do Katie's real quick. Katie had, of course, Max Verstappen winning. She had uh, Charles Leclerc in second, which did not come to fruition, but she did nail P3 with Oscar Piastri. I feel like we all thought the Oscar podium was coming. I mean, it, it, it felt like it was inevitable for a long time. He's yeah. been racing just so well. You know, it, it just felt like it was coming, and it did. Uh, her bold prediction was that both Alvatari cars finish in the points, which is quite bold. And um, sorry, Katie, they both finished just outside of the points, P11 and P12. <laughs> That's painful. <laughs> that hurts. I'm sorry, Katie. That's just awful. I'm not making fun of Ooh, you. Right I'm crying with you. Oh, man, that's painful. And then uh, my podium predictions, Max Verstappen won. Carlos Sainz, P2. Lando Norris, P3. So I got two-thirds of it right, but not the right placement for Lando Norris. So we finish in last. Failhorn goes here. 
All right, uh, we don't have a race to look forward to this week, right? We don't. We have Qatar next week, I believe. So we don't need to do any predictions because we'll have a new episode next week. I Wonderful. Gotta stop hitting this damn lamp. And Sean is going to abuse his lamp deep into the night in Florida. All right, final segment of the day then, Sean. That means it's time for hate it or love it. What is your hate? My hate, Nick, is ill-timed rainstorms. That's Florida. Why'd you move there? Okay, but hear me out. Yeah, that's Florida, but we are now getting towards the end of rainy season. Um, And this rainy season has been super dry. No, no really afternoon thunderstorms, um, no pop-up showers. It's been weird. It's been very, very weird. We're in a severe drought, even though we had a hurricane come through and dump like a foot of water on us. Doesn't matter. We're still in a severe drought. So last night I'm walking my dog and just boom, random thunderstorm at eight o'clock at night. Sun's down. Can't see it coming. Boom. Thunderstorm. Thankfully, Lando has a little sharky raincoat so I could take him out and walk him. He was adorable. He got a lot of Baby Lando, do 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 do. Baby Lando, do 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 do. Yeah. That's all you hate, Ray. That's going to be a new drop. Um, in the same vein, uh, it turned to fall last night here. Uh, the wind started blowing Ooh. and some rain showed up, and it's a little bit cooler out tonight than it has been for the last three months, which means... Oh, please tell me how cold it is outside. Please tell me. Depression is setting in as the seasons change. It is currently 61 degrees. Great number, by the way. 61. Oh, that's amazing. And Nick, it's still 74 like seven degrees outside right now it's been like that we've had a really and that's, and that's fall to me that's fall to me yeah we've had a really temperate summer here but um it's over i hate to say it tito francona's career with the guardians uh, yeah. as a manager ends in a few days and so goes summer with him uh my hate sean it's not that i hate it but a shout out to the haters um as i've you know plugged here on the podcast many times the qb index is something that i do for nfl.com it is a highly read column and it attracts a lot of criticism because anytime you rank guys you get criticized and especially when you rank the most important position in sports i have people telling me to kill myself in my instagram dms on a (laughs) weekly basis okay please don't do that so i don't hate you i don't hate this i welcome it it's all part of the gig i got i became immune to criticism from readers who are just mad that it's not their favorite player years ago years ago my mid-20s i was over it if i make a factual error that's one thing and i appreciate you pointing that out as long as you're civil about it but when you just come in there and tell me i'm ignorant i deserve to lose my job go kill myself that type of thing tip of the cap to you for wasting that energy on sending me a message that i'm gonna read and i'm never gonna reply to you really are the worst people on earth that's my hate sean what's your love my love nick let me think about this for a second. Well, I'm moving again, so I definitely don't love that. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I, I bring up my moving habits a lot on I this show. I feel like show. you're constantly moving. Like you're just living in furnished places, and it's, it's just like, like lease, place, lease, place. man. Like what yeah. do you want? We're living in apartments. What how many want? how many leases have you broken at this point? Um. Oh, broken? Just one. Just okay. one. We've okay. only broken one. That was at the Roach Motel uh last time around which i think that was well documented we found 72 and down here they're not cockroaches they're palmetto bugs they fly and they have a tendency to want to fight you in mortal combat oh yeah if our canadian viewers don't know what a uh palmetto bug is just just research it look it up on google and then uh, after that google, figure google out about the, uh, go google <laughs> 
go Google the frozen iguanas. That's the next thing. I and know. you will. Oh yeah, our iguanas freeze too. Oh, man, I love. I love that. Like our like a lot of our listenership comes from Canada, and I'm just way down here in Tampa, Florida. Love it. Uh, that's what I love, Nick. No, uh, what I do love is that my weekends are now. And I mean this. What I do love is that my weekends are now full of just college football and friendship. Past week, I got to sit around, uh, watch a lot of good college football games, drink beer. Sunday, got to sit around, watch a lot of good NFL games, and drink beer. I like that. I like that I can just kind of relax and spend my time, you know, leisurely, beer. I guess. <laughs> and drink beer. Drinking beer is a great part of that. But at the same time, just kind of relax. Because the weekend to, to kind of feels more complete to me yeah. when I can sit down and have a schedule and watch a noon kickoff, you know, watch Colorado get there. You know what's kicked. <laughs> watch watch Ohio State come from behind. Watch Penn State wax Iowa. And then wake up the next day, watch it all over again. My love is kind of the same, Sean. Um, you know, Bridget's gone. She's gone until late November. So I'm here all by myself. And it gets lonely at times. All by myself. I'm sitting here hiding by myself um and it's it just gets it gets lonely man i'm not gonna lie uh you know i'm not looking for sympathy here i'm just expressing it and um so it's nice when you know you have neighbors and friends nearby who decide yes i do want to come to your house and watch ohio state play notre dame and i do want to sit on your big couch that you just got recently and and make your house worth it you know, to host people, which I love yes. doing. I've always loved hosting people, as you know quite well. And um, and it's it, it just made for I a mean, great. I can give you a few notes on hosting, but that, that's okay. I mean, it's it's not a five star hotel here. I'm just talking about like having people over to you know share some good times together. We had a great time on Saturday. You do always stock really good beer. I, I will true. say that. I will say that you always stock really good beer, and I never know what I'm going to get when I come there. Like sometimes it could be a Christmas sale, and it's like june sometimes it could be an ipa i hate ipas but then sometimes it's just something really good really clean and simple madden says sean is a man after my own heart thanking canada and talking about drinking beer lol and he just did it there that's why i pulled it up at that time you're yes. absolutely right if there's one thing sean loves it's beer and if there's another thing that he loves canada i guess i don't know i do love canada <laughs> I love Canada. So it was um, nice to have people over, man. Like right in the same vein as what you were talking about. It was it's great to just spend time with friends and uh, watch football yes. and enjoy it, and then hang out with you guys virtually to watch the F1 race. You know, it really added a lot of much needed flavor to an otherwise bland week at, that is um, unforgiving for most days uh, and unrelenting. And it was a nice way to blow off some steam and have a good time. So I love uh, friendship and just people being around. Is that your love? Do yeah. you really love the friendship? That is my love. I, love I would say... Sean does not I love say, his lamp, by the way. I do not love my lamp. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I would say too, Nick, have no fear. I'm coming up to visit. Early November. Oh, Early right. November. Yes, yes. Wait, I've talked it over with my girlfriend. We're going to fly up to Cleveland because she is from there. So she's going to go visit her family. And I'm going to come visit you. And uh, then we're going to like meet up at the airport and be like, all right, how was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was great. How was your weekend? So um, <laughs> tell all the ghosts and ghouls that live there are no uh, ghosts. in and around. Oh, I will say. Dude, you are, you are your house is surrounded on two sides by a cemetery. Yes, there are ghosts. They've been yes, dead for over 100 years. It's like one of the oldest my cemeteries My point exactly. State. My point exactly. They're so, Dude, they, he, they're so dead. Me, 
He takes me down into his basement. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put a TV there. I'm going to put a pool table here. And I'm like, hey, Nick, does it bother you that 10 feet in that direction beyond that wall, there are dead bodies no, decomposing? And he's like, no, not at all. No, not at all. It doesn't bother what me one hell, bit. Man? But I will say this. So I'm working on QB Index on Tuesday night. It's like midnight and my internet goes out and it doesn't just like go out. It goes out, out. So I go downstairs. Yeah. Where like it's dark and quiet in the house and my Return Spotify stops playing because, you know, the internet's out. So there's no music. It's just real quiet. And I'm like, unplugging the router and see if it works. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. I'm like, man, I'm, I might be screwed. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. I, I don't have an internet. And in a, in and a this moment, wonderful lady named Gertrude walks up to him in an all white dress and says, why don't you try blowing on it, honey? <laughs> oh, thank you, Gertrude. Wait a minute. I don't know you. You don't live here. And in a quiet moment, I'm sitting there waiting for the router to reboot, looking up instructions on my phone on like troubleshooting. And all of a sudden I hear a, like a thud upstairs and I'm like, oh, oh, my God. My backpack over here had just fallen off of the file box that I had over here. But I and I knew it fall off. How to fall off? Uh, it was in, in a precarious position. How to fall off? Nick? I don't know, Sean. But otherwise, no haunting so far. Sean, they're so dead; they don't even have names on some of their headstones. Some of them just say "father" and "mother." Okay, that's how dead they those people in that graveyard are. So, uh, Nick, if I were you, I'd speak softly or softer because father and mother might be paying you a visit tonight. Oh no, I have the. It is a harvest you. moon after all. I don't like this. Let's get off this topic. <laughs> yes, I finally broke him. I finally made him realize that his house is. There's no ghosts. There's no ghosts. There's no ghosts. This has been episode 16 of the Gridiron Podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me and Sean. Uh, it, you know, shout out to Katie who was not here. We miss you. Uh, we look forward to your return. I do not look forward to the arrival of ghosts. That's all I'm going to think about for the rest of the night. Thank you, Sean. He is going to sleep with the lights on tonight, folks. As always, for Nick Shook, for Katie Caldwell, I'm Sean Berry. Thank you for listening to episode 16 of the Gridiron Podcast. And as always, live life in the fast lane. And... Yeah, Madden, he said, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. You're <laughs> damn right. We'll see ya. <laughs>